When the art day gets rough, you just gotta keep on punching. And here's your Thunder Punch Daily with Jersey Drozd. So as many of you know, the last 80 or so episodes of this microcast have been part of the Art Sound Off Challenge at artsoundoff.com or twitter.com with the Art Sound Off hashtag, where me and my buddy Rob Sensinger challenge ourselves and everybody else in the world to check in once a day with a five to ten minute audio accompaniment to the thing, the art that they make um, and share it with the Art Sound Off hashtag. And uh, artsoundoff.com is where you can find all the prompts and all the different ways you can record. It's easier than ever. Um, but you know what? It's still asking people to get out in front of their art, uh, myself included, is, uh, is, is, is not a small ask, as the, as the kids are saying nowadays. So that's why I put a whole bunch of prompts and like reassurances on the artsoundoff.com website. The reason I'm front-ending this little bit is because um, what, I wanna, what I'm hoping to talk about today uh, is related to the fact that I'm participating in this challenge in that, no, it's not going to be a meta discussion. It's not going to be a reflection about reflection. Although, you know what? I'm leaving room for that because that is a valuable uh, thinking exercise. But um, Owen Jolins, who is one of the people participating in this challenge, responded, he, he posted, uh, one of his latest ones was about uh, the economy of learning, which was sort of like a reaction, sort of like a yes and to yesterday's Thunder Punch Daily, which was um, about cheating versus economy in drawing. So he took that idea of economy and spun it out into talk, talking about like the economy of learning new stuff in one's pursuits of visual storytelling while also holding down a job and trying to be a responsible adult, pay down your debts, and so on. And it is no small task to try to fit ongoing learning into one's life Um Although I think, I really do think it's like, a, it's a responsibility. I mean, it's something we, I don't want to tell anybody, I, you, you know that I don't like to tell people how to live their lives, but that's one thing I feel pretty strongly about is that like learning new stuff is kind of super important <laughs> and we should always be doing it. Um, if possible, if at all possible, we should always be learning new things. Um, but fit, we're fitting out or finding out where to put it and how to do the um, efficient learning, learning the right things as you need them and, and learning them in a way that's useful is that that is immensely tricky. You know, it's easy for me to say we should be learning all the time, but learning what and when and how what, what experiences should you be having in order to concretize that learning and make it into something that's actually useful to you? Or are you just doing it just purely for the fun of it? Are you just reading? Are you reading history books because you like reading history? That's a different thing altogether. But even then, there's, you know, there's different kinds of history books. So it's it's tricky and it's it's a minefield. And I, I'm hoping to address this topic or explore this topic. I'm exploring. I'm not addressing. I'm not a, I mean, I'm kind of at a lectern, but I'm not here to like indoctrinate anybody. I'm here to just think aloud a little bit for my own reflective purposes. But there's like common advice that gets kicked around like, you want to get better at making comics? Just make lots of comics. There you go. Done. Dust in my hands. I don't have to really think about it anymore. It sounds that pat, doesn't it? Um, so that's why I think it's worth like unboxing that a little bit and asking myself, what am I saying when I say just make more comics? Because when I was, you know, in my formative years, when I was first starting to do like serious comics work and like getting stuff published and stuff, 
that's how I learned because you know there weren't many schools that taught this kind of thing. This where I was growing up, I was actively discouraged by my teachers from doing this stuff. One of my teachers called my parents into the school. I mean, this sounds this sounds totally like that kind of thing that like you say when you're on entertainment tonight or whatever. You're getting interviewed about how. You know, I'm not what I, when I was a kid, you know, everybody said you couldn't do it, but I did it. And I'm not trying to go there, but, you know, I'm just trying to paint a picture of like the culture I was growing up in where my teacher called my parents and they're like, look, I'm really worried about your kid. He draws more than he does his work, you know. Um, and so as, as a teacher now, I'm looking for that kid. You know, it's like when parents are like, should my kid go to art school? Shouldn't they? I'm like, well, you know, do they draw when they're not supposed to? <laughs> that's like, and, and like when they say like, yes, I'm like, good. You know, that's a great thing. Um, gosh, that was loaded. I gotta write that down for unpacking later. Anyway, but th this idea of like, just, just draw lots of comics. Cause that, I mean, at least for me, that is how I learned because that was the only way I could learn. Um, and I'm going to link in the show notes for this episode to get a little bonus with this episode. Um, and this is online. If you really search hard for it, you can find it. Uh, but I'll link directly to a PDF for you guys, um, to, my mini comic series, uh, the black hole equation that I did back in like 1995, 21 years ago. Um, when I was, you know, kind of first finding my feet in this thing, I just made a lot of mini comics, zine style comics, like digest size comics. I self published one traditional floppy comic and that was an immense amount of work. And I was like, yikes, I don't want to go through that again. But, um, when I think of like, when I think of like where I got a lot of where my learning, my self learning kind of began, I think about the black hole equation. Why? Because the black hole equation was a series of eight page mini comics, you know, like a quarter size of a letter size sheet of paper. So what is that? Like four and a half inches wide by five and a half inches, four and a quarter inches wide by five and a half deep. Um, and I would do them in an afternoon. I mean, I would just like say like, okay, hey, it's a Wednesday. I don't have to work today. Um, let's sit down and draw a mini comic. And I made it up as I went along. I didn't think really hard about the character designs or about the plot or anything. I just thought of like a, a cool sounding name, people chasing people throughout her space, you know, uh, and you can tell when you look at it, it's, it's not great comics. I share this not to say like, look at this excellent example of comic storytelling. I share it to say like, here's a kid sort of exercising by, by, by making a thing that he's going to ship and sell. And I did sell them. I sold them at uh, comic conventions for 50 cents a piece. And I even sold them to the mail. I remember there was, um, a comics, a mini comics sort of, um, review magazine called the poop sheet. And you can still find it if you look online, do a search for, well, do, make sure you put the word comics in there too when <laughs> you do the search. But um, it, it got reviewed a couple of times. I think it got good reviews. I can't remember. I, I don't remember feeling bad about it being in there. So there must have been like pretty okay reviews. They were, they were gentle reviews. But um, when I was doing these mini comics, I wasn't setting out to do something really elaborate or exceptional. What I was doing was I was just like, saying like, hey, can I do a, a comic in an afternoon? Let's find out. And I did it. And then I would, you know, print it up and, and sell them. Uh, and I noticed that there would be moments where it's like, oh, I want to do something that looks such a way here. Like I got to issue two and there was like a two-page spread where I wanted to have like their spaceship getting blown up and I wanted to have it like looking just such a way. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I know how to do that. Oh, I think I need perspective drawing here. I better brush up on my perspective drawing. I had done a little bit of it in high school, but I didn't uh, necessarily, you know, have a deep understanding of how perspective drawing works. So, you know, looked up some perspective drawing books at the library, and then, like, suddenly I found myself on a path to learning things. But it was, those learning moments happened when I came up against something that I wanted to do in the book that I didn't know how to do. 
And so I, for me, that's what it means when I say just make lots of comics because the unless you are content with doing absolutely only what you are good at over and over and over again indefinitely, you're bound to come up against something that you want it to look such a way and you don't know how to get there. And that's the moment when you go on a quest to learn a new skill and acquire a new skill. And I also think about this. And so like this was this was my self-directed learning was like sort of finding the edges of my knowledge by making lots of things. And again, if you look at that black hole equation mini comic, it's not great. It's I don't look at it now and say like I'm so proud of myself. I look at it now and I say there was a kid on the quest. There was a kid on the road to figuring all this stuff out to the best of his ability. Now, would I have benefited from a traditional art uh, training? Probably. Yeah, I, I won't argue with that too much. Uh, being forced to draw things that I didn't find comfortable drawing probably would have pushed me into those edges of uh, knowledge wilderness more quickly. Um, and hopefully, if I had a good teacher, uh, they would be a, a really good guide in that instance. But failing that, I think, you know, whether or not it's like, it's like well, well, I want to learn the right things. I think you'll learn the things that you're ready to learn through the act of just making comics over and over again. And and I, and while I haven't done anything to the degree of what like a Jack Kirby has done in my lifetime yet, yet, wow, that's an optimistic statement. Um, I do, f there, there wasn't, as I look back between the age of 19 and now, I can only think of two years where I didn't do much drawing. Uh, every every other year in, in that span, I've always been drawing some kind of comic. Even if it was slow going, I was always, always making comics. So I'm not talking about speed. I'm not talking about like, oh, you make this many X, X many comics a year. Here's your 10,000 hours prescription in the form of number of comics made. I'm not saying anything like that, but I think in in the act of just making them all the time, you'll find those edges of of, of you know, of knowledge wilderness and you'll begin those little quests to find out the things that you absolutely need to know. Now that's going to leave blank spots probably, but I think blank spots occur even if you do go to college because you're also in college, you're faced with the biases of your guides, right? I, I'm, I act as a guide to my students and I admit that I have biases on these things. Um, just today I met with my uh, incoming intern who's going to be taking on some work with me in January. And I, and I was talking with, with her about, um, you know, like the, it's going to be intern slash, um, oh, what's the word? What's the word? Apprenticeship of sorts. She's going to be taking like an independent study course with me and then also doing some intern hours with me. And I, and I said, you know, like, okay, what do you want to do better? What are the things that you specifically feel are shortcomings in the work you're doing now? Even if it's just a matter of pointing to a specific piece that you've done and saying like, I, I'm not crazy about this. Let's, let's, um, let's sort of pick apart why you're dissatisfied, so I can be a good guide to lead you to the stuff that you want to know. Um, and th But then, as a guide, what I'm also throwing on there is I'm prescribing connected learning with that, right? So it's like, oh, you want to learn this? Well, here's three other skills that kind of go along with that that you didn't mention. I'm going to suggest that you also practice these two because these will bolster your skills with this as well, right? And And... Those, those connected learnings are also connected to other parts of the process, other parts of the thing. So that's where a, a guided, a, a decent teacher can um, can help guide you. But even then, it's like like I said, I'm, I'm operating out of my biases and my worldview, which may be a good thing or a bad thing depending on the relationship with the student and what the student ultimately, what kind of learning style they have, what they're attracted to. 
Um, but failing that, if you're on your own, then yeah, then you're faced with having to come up against these things uh, as as you find them. Good news is that I I mean I don't want to I don't want to be reductive or um, glib about it, but you know the difference between when I was learning that stuff and now is that there is, there are a lot of resources online that, that you can instantly look up. Now the downside is that a lot of these resources, not all of these resources are terribly useful. Um, remember we're dealing with guides and biases, um, and even, you know, different levels of experience presenting information to people. You know, I know that when, when my sink broke a couple years ago and I was trying to find videos on how to fix my sink, uh, it was intensely frustrating sometimes to have to deal with different people's way of presenting information, right? Same information, but a different presenter can really change the way uh, that information is digested. Um, but the big idea today that I was hoping to get at was this idea of like, you if you show up and you churn out the pages and you really are trying to do good work, like the best of your ability, um, or maybe hopefully a little bit beyond your ability. I mean, this goes back to the Ira Glass thing about your taste. You know, it's like, you know what you want, but you don't have the skills to get there yet. Finding those moments is what usually led me to learning more stuff. And then, and then I guess the final, final, final thought on this is that, uh, community helps with this a lot too. So getting involved in different groups, whether it's a local group, whether it's an online group, being involved with other people who can react to your stuff in a, in a candid and honest and helpful way, that is also another kind of guiding that happens. Like I know with my fellow cartoonist buddies who uh, are roughly the same age, we're in like similar parts of our careers and everything, um, I find tremendous value in hearing them react to my ideas and hearing what they think are my strengths um, they point me at things that I, I don't notice otherwise. Um, so that can be a kind of guiding too. And so showing up to communities and being kind and helpful is also another um, important skill to build if you want to get good direction on your learning. I think this is also um, modeled a little bit in, the, in last night's Lean Into Art cast, episode 167 where Rob and I were kind of doing live sketching and we were reacting to each other's sketches. I think that's a really good case. Like reacting in the form, of, I, I should say, I should explain. I wasn't just reacting like going like, ah, very nice. <laughs> I was reacting in the sense of, oh, that's a great idea. I would go in this direction with it, right? That kind of thing. Here's another sketch based on what you just did. Um, that could be a great instructional tool as well. But uh, yeah. It, 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 it sounds pat to say just make lots of comics, but I, I, I do think there's a lot of stuff baked into there. Provide, I guess the, the missing ingredient is, so I guess let's amend it. Just make a lot of comics ambitiously. There you go. And that'll lead you to the learning that you absolutely need to do. And oh, and then final thought on the holes. Gosh, I'm going long. I'm going to wrap this up. The final thought on the holes in your learning is a way I like to think about it is the holes can help determine your style. And again, I go back to the thing that's ascribed to um, Neil Adams is your style is what you do wrong. Um, it, can be, it can help form like an idiosyncratic uniqueness. That was redundant uh, to your work. It can give your work a kind of like a unique flavor by, because the holes like it, where the other strengths are, they're, they're going to be emphasized and colored by where the holes are in your learning. Um, and 
And I'm not saying that, that that's necessarily like, okay, we'll dust your hands. You have a hole in your learning, but that's all, that's what makes your style. So don't learn anything else. Not saying that. I'm saying that you should always be in quest of, you know, further and further learning, like I said at the top of this one. But I think a way to find comfort in the fact that our learning is always incomplete is that incompleteness helps define the uh, look of what we're what we do makes it gives it a uniqueness it gives it part of its voice not just your point of view it's also your ability <laughs> to express your point of view that determines your style I think at least that's the way I like to think about it right now so who am I Jersey Drozd cartoonist and teaching artist if you want to see uh, detect where some of the holes are in my learning you can go to boulderandfleet.com where my comic is currently updating a new page just dropped last night uh, a friendly game where my heroes go into a cafe and they get into an altercation with a bully, which has to be resolved by playing a game called Five Stone, which you'll learn more about in the coming weeks. Um, and I already talked about the Art Sound Off Challenge. So there you go. And uh, I'll be back tomorrow with another Thunder Punch Daily. And until then, remember everybody. Today we saw Professor Smolin find a great treasure. It wasn't gold or jewels, but something even more precious, knowledge. There are many places to find knowledge, and one of the easiest and best is a museum. Museums are storehouses of knowledge where you can see and learn all sorts of fascinating things. There's probably one close to you, so pay a visit. Remember, knowledge is power, and you can get the power.